This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Freemasons podcast, coming to you live from Morning Star Lodge number 47. Leave your aprons at the door, brethren. Hello, welcome to the Freemasons Podcast, another podcast special, another reading of the Lost Book of Enki. And yet again, here we are, the third tablet. Let's get into the synopsis of the third tablet. Uh, we've already covered it last episode, but I'll go over it again. Alalu beams news to Nibiru, reclaims his kingship. Anu, astounded, puts the issue before the Royal Council. And Lil, Anu's foremost son, suggests on-site verification Ia, Anu's firstborn and son in son in law of Alalu, is chosen instead. Ia ingeniously equips the celestial boat for the journey. The spaceship, piloted by Anzu, carries fifty heroes, overcoming perils. The Nibiruans thrill by Earth's sight. Guided by Alalu, they splash down and wade ashore. Eridu, home away from home, is established in seven days. Extraction of gold from the waters begins. Though the quantity is minuscule, Nibiru demands delivery. Abgal, a pilot, chosen, chooses Alalu's spaceship for the trip. Forbidden nuclear weapons are discovered in the spaceship. Ia and Abgal remove the weapons of terror and hide them. So that's the synopsis of the third tablet. So let's get into it. The fate of Nibiru is in my hands. To my conditions you must give heed. Those are the words of Alalu. The dark-hued earth to Nibiru they were by the speaker beamed. When the words of Alalu to Anu, the king, were conveyed, Anu astounded was. Astounded were the counselors, amazed were the sages. Alalu is not dead, each other asked. Could indeed he on another world be living? They with disbelief were saying. He was not Nibiru hiding in the chariot to place of concealment gone. And they're saying, uh, is he sure he's not full of shit and he's hiding here amongst us the commanders of the chariots were summoned savants and beams savants the beams beamed words considered the words from the biru did not come 
from beyond the hammered bracelet they were spoken. This was their finding. This to Anu, the king they reported. Stunned was Anu, the happening he pondered. Let words of acknowledgement to Alu be sent. Alalu be sent, excuse me. To the assembled he was saying. At the place of the celestial chariots, again all capitalized, the command was given to Alalu, words were spoken. Anu, the king, to your hands, to you he's his greeting send. Of your well-being to learn he is pleased. From your departing from the Biru there was no reason. Animity is not in Anu's heart. He's not going to kill his ass. He's never intended to. If gold for salvation you have indeed discovered, let Nibiru be saved. The words of Anu, Alalu's chariot, did reach. Alalu from them quickly answered, If your savior I am to be, your lives to save. Convene the princes to assembly, my ancestry declare supreme. Let the commanders make me their leader, bow to my command. Let the council pronounce me king on the throne anew to replace. When these words of Alalu on Nibiru were heard, great was the consternation. How could Anu be deposed? The counselors asked each other. What if Alalu mischief, not truth, is telling? Where is his asylum? Did gold indeed he find? They summoned the sages of wise and learned counseling they asked. The oldest of them spoke. I was Alalu's master, he was saying. He had hearkened to the teachings of the beginning of the celestial battle he was learning. Of the watery monster Tiamat in her golden veins he acknowledged he he knowledge acquired. Jesus. This thing reads like a fucking ten year old's book. If indeed beyond the hammered bracelet he had journeyed, on earth the seventh planet is his asylum. In the assembly a prince spoke up, the son of Anu he was, the womb of Antu, Anu's spouse. He was the issue. And Lil was his name, Lord of the Command, it meant. Words of caution, he was saying. Of conditions, Alalu cannot speak. Calamities were his handiwork. By single combat and wrestling, he, the throne forfeited. Again, it brings us back to uh, ancient Greece. Naked wrestling. It's uh, kind of symbolic there. If Tiamat's gold he did indeed find, <clears throat> proof that is needed. It is for protecting our atmosphere sufficient. How through the hammered bracelet to Nibiru can be brought. Thus did Enlil, the son of Anu, speak. Others, many questions also asked. Much proof was greatly needed. Many answers are required. All agreed. The word of the assembly to Alu were conveyed. A response demanded. Alalu, the words Merit pondered. To transmit his secrets agreed. Of his journey and its perils, in truth he gave account. Of the tester, again capitalized, its crystals innards he removed. From the sampler, capitalized, is crystal heart he took out. <clears throat> Into the speaker he, the crystals inserted, all the findings to transmit. Now that proof has been delivered, declare, declare me king, bow to my command, he sternly demanded. The sages were aghast with weapons of terror, Alalu on Nibiru, more havoc caused. With weapons of terror, a path through the bracelet he blasted. Once in its circuit, Nibiru 
that region passes. Calamities Alalu is amassing. In the council, there were much consternation. The, king to, the kingship to alter was indeed a grave matter. A new, not by ancestry alone, was king, by fair wrestling the throne he attained. In the assembly of princes, a son of Anu stood to speak up. He was wise in all matters. Among the sages, renowned, renowned he was. Of the secrets of waters, he was the master. Ia, he whose home is water, was he called. That's E-A, Ia. And it stood for <clears throat> he whose home is water. Of Anu, he was first born. To Damkina, Alalu's daughter, he was espoused. My father by birth is Anu the king, Ia was saying. Alalu by marriage my father is. To bring the two clans into unison was my espousal's intention. Let me be the one on this conflict unity to bring. Let me a news emissary to Alalu be. Let me be the one Alalu's discoveries to uphold. Let me in a chariot to earth journey. A path through the bracelet with water, not fire, I shall fashion. On earth from the waters, let me the precious gold obtain. To Nibiru, back it will be sent. Let Alalu be king on earth, a verdict of the sages awaiting. If Nibiru it will save, let there be a second wrestling. Who shall Nibiru rule, let it determine. So in other words, what they're saying is, uh, let's do another wrestling match and uh, between Anu and Alalu, and uh, whoever wins ends up getting the throne of uh, Nibiru. Princes, the counselors, the sages, the commanders heard Ia's words with wonder. Full of wisdom they were. For conflict, they solution found. Let it so be, Anu announced. Let Ia journey. Let the gold be tested. Alalu, a second time I shall then wrestle. Let the winner be on Nibiru king. The words of decision to Alalu were conveyed. He pondered them and agreed. Let Ia, my son by marriage, to earth come. Let gold from the waters be obtained. Let it for salvation on Nibiru be tested. Let a second wrestling kingship by me or Anu settle. So be it. Anu in the assembly decreed. And Lil rose to an objection. The king's words unalterable was. So Enlil basically was saying, no, I don't like this shit. And Anu sat his ass down. Ia to the place of the chariots went. Commanders and sages consulted. The mission dangers he contemplated. How to extract and bring gold he considered. Alalu's transmission he carefully studied. Alalu, for more testings, the results he requested. A tablet of destinies for the mission he was fastening. And again, that's uh, also capitalized, tablet of destinies. So we're not 100% sure what that means. Uh, it's Zechariah Sitchin's way of trying to decipher something that he's not 100% sure what Tablet of Destinies is. If water be the force, could it be replenished? Where on the chariot will it be stored? How to force it will be conveyed? A full circuit of Nibiru did pass in contemplations. A shar of Nibiru in preparations passed. I just want to be clear. Uh, so, a shar... Uh, according to the ancient Sumerians, is 36,000 years. Or, excuse me, 3,600 years. So, their one year 
is 3,600 of ours. So, I mean, if you're thinking about it in longevity, uh, you have the king's list of Sumeria, uh, where these gods supposedly lived for you know, long, long periods of time. I mean, they, would, they were considered almost immortal uh, to us humans because they lived a hell of a lot longer than we did. Um, so that's just something to consider as well. And that's also in the Bible and in the Torah about you know, ancient peoples living for long, long periods of times, and then after the flood, you stop seeing that. <clears throat> the largest celestial chariot for the mission has been fitted. Its circuit destiny has been calculated. A tablet of destiny has been fixedly, uh, firm, firmly fixed. Fifty heroes will, for the mission, be required to journey to Earth, the gold to obtain. To the journey anew, his approval gave. The stargazers for the journey, the right time to be then selected. At the place of the chariots, multitudes gathered. To bid farewell to the heroes, their leader did they come. Bearing eagles' helmets, carrying each carrying a fish's suit, the heroes, the chariots, one by one entered. The last to embark was Ea. To gathering, he bade farewell. Before his father anew, he knelt down, the king's blessing to receive. My son, the firstborn. A far journey you have undertaken for us all to be endangered. Let your success calamity from Nibiru banish. Go in, safely come back. So did Anu speak to his son, a blessing, bidding him farewell. The mother of Ea, the one called Ninol, to her, embrace, to her heart embraced him. Why, after by Anu a son to me you were given, did he with a restless heart you endow? Go and come back, the hazardous road tra traverse safely. To him, she said, and again, I apologize for the reading of this. this they, they, you know, they, they mix words and they, they have them backwards, like different than we would say it nowadays. With tenderness, Ea kissed his spouse, Damkina. He without words embraced, and Lil with his half-brother locked arms. Be blessed, be successful, to him he said. With a heavy heart, Ea the chariot entered to soar up the command he gave. Now this is the account of the journey to the seventh planet, Earth, and how the legend of the fish god who came from the waters was begun. With heavy heart, Ea the chariot entered to soar up the command he gave. The commander's seat by Anzu, not by Ea, was occupied. Anzu, not Ea, was the chariot's commander. He who knows the heavens, his name means, was for the task he was especially selected. So Anzu was uh, his pilot, and he's uh, pretty smart with navigating. A prince among princes he was, a royal seed his ancestry he counted. The celestial chariot he deftly guided, from Nibiru it powerfully soared, toward the distant sun he, it directed. Ten leagues, a hundred leagues the chariot was coursing, a thousand leagues the chariot was journeying. Little Gaga came out to greet them, Pluto, the, a welcome to the heroes it was extending. To blue-hued Antu, the beautiful enchantress, it showed the way. Neptune. 
By her sight, Anzu was attracted. Let us examine her waters, Anzu was saying. Ia, to continue without stopping, gave the word. It is a planet of no return, he forcefully said. Toward the heavenly On, the third planet in the circuit, the chariot continued, the third planet being Uranus. On his side was On lying. Now that's interesting. It actually, they knew that the planet was on its side and rotated north to south. That's interesting. His host of moons were about him swirling. The testers' beams, the testers' beams, the presence of water was revealing. A stop, if needed, to Ia, it was indicating. To continue, to continue the journey was Ia saying, toward Anshar, the heaven's foremost prince he was directing. Soon the ensnaring pull of Anshar they could tell. His colored rings with fear they admired. Saturn. Deftly did Anzu, the chariot guide, the crushing dangers he cleverly avoided. The giant Kinsar, foremost of firm planets, was next to be encountered. Her net's pull was overpowering. With great skill did Anzu, the chariot, course divert. You know, I, mean, I just got to stop here. I mean, this is all in Sumerian tablets 5,000 years before any of these planets in modern day were discovered. I just need to point that out. Uh, different names, but they knew exactly how to describe them. Uh, they knew that uh, Kinsar was obviously Jupiter, uh, and its net pull was overpowering because it's a giant fucking planet. So they knew exactly what uh, gravity was. With fury, Kinsar at the chariot divide lightnings was thrusting. Her host at the uninvited she directed. Slowly, Kinsar moved away for the chariot the next enemy to encounter. Beyond the fifth planet, the hammered bracelet was lurking. Asteroid boat. Ia, his handiwork to set a whirling, commanded the water thruster to prepare. So they're using water, uh, according to what I'm reading here. They're not using terror weapons. They're using water as some sort of a propulsion and weapon. I find that interesting. Toward the host of turning boulders, the chariot was rushing. Each one, like a slingshot, stone ferociously at the chariot aimed. So they're getting pelted by, uh, by asteroids. The word by Ia was given, and the force of a thousand... The word. Anybody pick up on that? The word by Ia was given. With the force of a thousand heroes, the stream of water was thrust. You know, we never even thought about that. We're just human beings talking about just, just going to blow shit up every time. You know, oh, well, we're going to get to the asteroid belt. Ah, we'll just fire a nuke at it and get through it. You know, we don't think that the pressure and the, the, the mass of water could actually probably do the same damn thing. Again, I'm no freaking scientist, but to thought. One by one, the boulders turned face, a path for the chariot they were making. As one boulder fled, another in its steed, uh, in its, excuse me. But as one boulder fled, another in its stead it was attacking. Again, I think this is a language barrier because that would should be another instead, but it's its stead. So I just want to clarify that. A multitude beyond count was their number, a host for the splitting of Tiamat revenge-seeking. Again and again, Ia, the commands gave, the water thruster to keep a whirling. Again and again, toward the host of boulders, streams of water were directed. 
Again and again, the boulders turned face, a path for the chariot making. And then at the last path was clear, unharmed the chariot could continue. A cry of joy the heroes sounded. Doubled was the joy at the sight of the sun was now unveiled. So now they could see the sun. Amidst the elation, Anzu the alarm sounded. For the path to have fashioned, excessive waters were consumed. So they burned through all their freaking water. To Waters to feed the chariots fiery stones for the remaining journey were not sufficient. In the deep darkness, the sixth planet could be seen. The sun's rays it was reflecting. There is water on Lahamu. Uh, Lamu, excuse me. I think Lahamu is uh, Venus, but Lamu, L-A-H-M-U. Ea was saying, can you bring the chariot down upon it, Anzu, he was asking. Deftly, Anzu, the chariot toward Lamu, directed. Reaching the celestial god, around it, the chariot made a circle. The planet's net is not great. Its pull is easy, is to handle easy, Anzu was saying. A sight to behold was Lamu. Many hued it was. Snow white was its caps. Snow white were its sandals. In other words, the tops and bottoms were, uh, were snow. Reddish hued was the middle. In its mist, lakes and rivers were a glitter. Now that's interesting. So they're basically saying that Mars at this point actually had water on it. Lakes and rivers were a glitter. Deftly Anzu the chariot made travel slower. By a lakeside, it gently came down. Ea and Anzu, their eagle's helmets donned, to the firm ground they stepped down. On command, the heroes that which water sucks extended. Now, that's interesting. It's They're describing something, uh, and the only words that the Sumerians can come up with, and again, this is all capitalized. On command, the heroes that which water sucks extended. The chariot's bowels with the lake waters to fill. While the chariot was getting its fill of waters, Ea and Anzu, the whereabouts examined. With tester and sampler, all that matters they are ascertained. The waters were good for drinking. The air was insufficient. So they didn't have much air. Uh, all was in the chariot's annals recorded. The need for a detour described. With its vigor replenished, the chariot soared up to benevolent Lamu Farewell Biden. Beyond the seventh planet was making its circuit, Earth and its companion, the chariot were inviting. In the commander's seat, Anzu was without words. Ea, too, was silent. Ahead of their destination, its gold Nibiru's fate for salvation doom containing. The chariot must be slowed or in Earth's thick atmosphere it shall perish. Huh. So they knew they, were, they had enough smarts to know. And this is, again, 5,000-year-old tablet. They knew that they had to slow down to come into Earth's atmosphere, or they're going to burst into flames and explode. Anzu to Ea declared. Now, again, understand, we didn't know this until, you know, the 1940s and 50s when we started shooting satellites up into the sky, and then eventually space travel in the 1960s. Around Earth's companion, the moon, making slow circles, Ea to him suggested. They circled the moon by the vanquishing Nibiru in a celestial battle. It prostrate and scarred was lying. Uh, that's interesting, because again, moon is scarred and it's prostrate. It doesn't, if you think about it, it doesn't move. It just stays. It doesn't, the backside, the moon doesn't rotate. 
Having the chariot thus slowed down toward the seventh planet, Anzu, the chariot directed. Once, twice, the Earth's, glo Earth's globe, he made the chariot circle. Ever closer to the firm land, he lowered it. Snow-hued was two-thirds of the planet. Dark-hued was its middle. So we're talking that Earth was pretty freaking cold at this point. They could see the oceans. They could see land, the firm lands, for signal beacon from Alalu they were reaching. So they're looking for his damn signal. Where an ocean touched dry land, where four rivers were swallowed by marshes, Alalu's signal was beaconed. Now think about a location like that. Where an ocean touched dry land, where four rivers, where four rivers were swallowed by marshes. He's talking about modern day Iraq and Kuwait, if you think about it. Too heavy a large too heavy and large the chariot it was for the marshes, Anzu was declaring. The earth's pulling net. Too powerful for on dry land to descend it is. Anzu and Ia announced. So they can't land on uh, dry land. Splash down, splash down in the ocean's water, Ia to Anzu shouted. Around the planet, Anzu made one more circuit, the chariot much more uh, with much care toward the ocean's edge it lowered. The chariot's lungs he filled with air. Into the waters down it splashed. Into the depths it was not sinking. So we landed in shallow water. From the speaker a voice was heard. To earth be welcomed, Alalu was saying. By his beam, by his beam's words, the direction of his whereabouts was determined. Toward the place Anu, uh, excuse me, to, toward the place Anzu, the chariot directed. Floating as a boat was upon the waters moving. Soon the wide-ranging ocean narrowed, dry land on both sides as Guardian appeared. On the left side, brown-hued hills were rising. On the right, mountains to the heaven, their heads raised. Toward the place of Alalu was the chariot moving, floating like a boat upon the waters it was. Ahead, the dry land was covered with flooding, marshes the ocean were replacing. Anzu to the hero, hero's command uttered, their fish's suits to put on, he ordered. A hatch of the chariot was opened, into the marshes heroes descended. Strong ropes to the chariot they attached, with ropes the chariot they were pulling. Alalu's beamed words more powerful were becoming. Hurry, hurry, he was saying. At the edge of the marshes a sight there was to behold. Gleaming in the sun rays was a chariot from Nibiru. Alalu's celestial boat it was. The heroes, their paces quickened. Toward Alalu's chariot they hurried. Impatient, Iyad donned his fishing suit. Within his chest, his heart was like a drum beating. Into the marshes he jumped toward the edge. Hurried steps he directed. High were the marshes flooding. Deeper was the bottom than he expected. He changed his gait to swimming. With bold strokes forward he advanced. As dry land he was approaching, green meadows he could see. Then his feet crouched, his feet touched firm ground. He stood up and by walking he continued. Ahead he could see Alalu standing with his hands with vigor waving. Come out of the waters, ashore, coming out of the waters, ashore Ia stepped. On dark-hued earth he was standing. Alalu toward, uh, toward him came running. His son by marriage he powerfully embraced. 
Welcome to a different planet, Alalu said to Ia. And again, I just want to say that if this is a, if you think this is a bullshit story, that, that's fine. Um, I, again, I hold no, I hold no contention about it, whether you believe it or don't. I just think about this, it, you know, especially this story that I, I'm reading here. When we get to Mars, right, or let's say we get to another planet that is habitable to humans. I fear that one day down the road, if there is journals kept or there's something that, you know, us humans, if we do make it to another planet, um, if we have journeys, if we have uh, journals and stories that, you know, many, 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 many years down the road, they might be forgotten or not believed. So I, I find this extremely interesting that Similar stories, I believe, would be told by humans if we ever landed on another planet and began to, I guess, cultivate it and make it one of our own. So, but let's continue. Now this is the account of how Iridu to Earth was established, how the count of seven days was begun. Now pay attention to this, because this is almost directly out of the Bible. The God created seven days, and uh, we're going to get into it. In silence did Alalu Ia embrace. With tears of joy, his eyes were filled. Before him, Ia, or excuse me, Ia bowed his head. Respect for his father by marriage he was showing. In the marshes, the heroes were advancing. More donned fish's suits. More toward the dry land were rushing. Keep the chariot afloat, Anzu was commanding. In the waters, anchoring it. The mud ahead, avoiding. Ashore stepped the heroes before Alalu. They were bowing. Ashore came Anzu, the last chariot to depart. Before Alalu he bowed. With him, with him, Alalu, in welcome they lock arms. Damn. To all who had arrived, Alalu's words of welcome spoke. To all who were assembled, Ei words of command spoke. Here on earth I am the commander, he was saying. On a life or death mission we have come, in our hands Nibiru's fate. He looked about for a place for encampment was searching. Heap up the soil. Mounds fashioned there. Ia gave command, an encampment to set up. To a place not afar he was pointing. A reed hut abode by Alalu erected. To Anzu then words he directed. To Nibiru's words by beaming the liver. To the king, my father, on a new, successful arrival announce. Soon the hue of earth's skies was changing from brightness to reddish it was turning. A sight never before their eyes was unfolding. The sun as a red ball on the horizon was disappearing. Fear seized the heroes of a great calamity, afraid they were. Now this is interesting, because if you go into Mayan mythology... <clears throat> The Mayans used to sacrifice humans to worship the sun god in hopes that the sun would rise again the next day. Alalu, with laughter, words was comforting, was saying, A setting of the sun it is, the end of one day on earth it is marking. For a quick rest lie down, a night on earth is beyond imagining short. Before you expect the sun will an appearance make, on earth it, it will be morning. 
Before expecting, darkness came. The heavens from the earth had separated. Lightnings, the darkness pierced. Rains and thunders followed. So it was shitty weather. By winds were the waters blown. Storms of an alien god they were. In the chariot, the heroes hunkered down. In the chariot, the heroes huddled. Resting to them did not come. They were greatly agitated. With quickened hearts, the sun returned they awaited. Smiling when its rays appeared, they were joyful and backslapping. And it was evening and it was morning, their first day on earth it was. Well, think about this in terms of the Bible. On the first day, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was out form and void. And the first day, he created the day, he separated the day from the night. Well, that was their first day on earth. And if you, it was evening and it was morning, their first day on earth it was. Well, in Bible, it says in the first day, God created you know, day and night. By daybreak, Ea, the ongoings considered, to separate waters from waters, heed he was giving. God also did that in the Bible. Now let's see what they mean by this in Sumerian. Engur, he made of the sweet waters the master, drinking waters to provide. To the snake pond with Alalu he went, its sweet waters to consider. Evil serpents on the pond were swarming, so did Engur to Ea say. The marshlands Ea then contemplated, the abundance of rainwaters he weighed. Ebalu and Belulu, he placed in charge of the marshlands to mark out the thicket of reeds him he directed. Enkimudu, in charge of ditch and dike he placed, the boundary for the marshes to fashion. So he's, what he's doing is on the second day, he's separating potable water to ocean water. For the waters from heaven rain a gathering place to make. Thus were the waters below from the waters above separated. We're picking up on this, folks. Marsh waters from sweet waters asunder were set. And it was evening and it was morning. The second day on earth it was. <laughs> and you wonder where Genesis comes from. Again, 5,000-year-old text. 5,000-year-old cuneiform tablets. Can't stress that enough. When the sun morning announced the heroes, their assigned tasks were performing. With Alalu, Ea, to the place of grass and trees, he, his steps directed. All that in the orchard grows, herbs and fruits after their kind to examine. To Ismud, his visor, a vizier, excuse me, Ea questions was addressing. What is this plant? What is that plant? To him is asking. Ismud, of much learning, food that grows well he could distinguish. He tore a fruit for Ea, a honey plant it is. To Ea he was saying, one fruit he ate himself, one fruit Ea was eating. Of food that grows by its good distinguished, Ea the hero guru put in charge. So this is continuing day three, but we're going to, and then I'm going to read something out of the Bible. 
And now this is the Sumerian account of day three, continuing on though. <clears throat> Thus were the heroes water and food provided, satiated they were not. And it was evening and it was morning, the third day on earth it was. So now let's go over here and let's see what the Bible has to say. This is quite interesting. Oh, well, how about that? Third day, earth, sea, and vegetation. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herbs yield seed, the fruit trees and yields the fruit according to its kind, those seeds in itself on earth, and it was so. And the earth brought, form, brought forth grass. So, I mean, this is, the Bible has basically taken this and dumbed it down, if you will. Uh, according to the Sumerian tablets, they, they ripped out the fact that, you know, Ea, or it, we'll learn later, his name will be Enki. Um, he was doing, this is an account of what they were doing when they landed. And when they, when, when the Anunnaki got here to earth. So let's go on to, uh, let's go on to day number four. Let's see if it lines up. And I think on day four. Then God said, let their lights be in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and seasons for four and for days and years and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on earth. It, and it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. Well, let's see what Enki did here on day four. On the fourth day, the wind ceased blowing. The chariot by waves was not disturbed. Let tools from the chariot be brought. Let abodes in the encampment be built. Ea thus commanded. Kula, in charge of brick and mold, from the day bricks to fashion. Mushadamu, to lay foundations, he directed dwelling abodes to erect. All day the sun was shining. The great light by day it was. By eventime, Kingu, Earth's moon, in fullest and pale light on Earth it cast, a lesser light to rule the night amongst the celestial gods accounted to be. Well, I'll be damned. And it was evening, and it was morning, and the fourth day on Earth it was. Let's go to the fifth day. Fifth day, according to Bible, Torah, whatever you want. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Then God said, let the waters abound with the abundance of living creatures. Let birds fly above across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living thing that moves in which the waters abound. According to their king, every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw this and it was good. And God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas. Let birds multiply on earth. So the evening and morning were the fifth day. And that's Genesis 1, 20 to 23. So let's see what's happened here on uh, day number five with uh, Enki and his little band of marauders here. On the fifth day, Ea, Ninurzag, a boat of reeds to fashion commanded, the measure of the marshes to take, the stretch of the swamplands to consider. So he's doing some, uh, he's doing some, uh, making some maps and stuff, trying to figure out what the hell's around him. Olmosh, as a companion of Ea, took between good and bad to distinguish. Kinds that are in the waters swarm. Kinds that are in the skies give wing. To Olmosh, many were unknown. Bewildered were their number. Good were the carp. Among the bad, they were swimming. 
Enbidlulu, the marshland's master, Ia summoned. Enkimudu, in charge of ditch and dike, Ia summoned. To them he gave words in the marshlands to make a barrier, with cane breaks and green reeds to enclosure a fashion. Fish from fish there separate. A tarp, a trap for carp that from the net could not escape. A place whose snare no bird that is good for food could escape. So they're collecting food. How about that? Thus were fish and fowl by their good kind separated for the heroes provided. And it was evening and it was morning. And the fifth day on earth it was. So... Uh, much similar to the Bible, where it's talking about God created the fish and the, and the birds of the air. Yeah, that's great. Uh, whereas Enki was actually, um, Enki was actually taking a an account of the fish and birds that they could eat and sustain themselves. Again, here we go. Day six, and God said. Let earth bring forth a living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping things and beasts of the earth, each in accordance to its kind. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And there's more. This is also where man is created. Uh, and I'm going to reference back to this because according to the Sumerian tablets, man was not created on the sixth day. Well, let's continue, because uh, I've said it before and I'll say it again. The Bible is the cliff note version, in my opinion, of Sumerian tablets. So let's get into uh, day six. On the sixth day, Ea of orchard creatures took account. Here we go. And Nursag to the task he assigned, that which creeps and that which on feet walks to distinguish their kinds in Nursag astounded for of the ferocity of their wildness to Ea he gave account. Ea, Kula, summoned to Mushdamku, Mushdamu, urgent, uh, sorry, their names are fucked up, um, to Mushdamu, urgent commands he gave. By eve time, the abodes to be completed, by fence for protection to be surrounded. The heroes to the task put their shoulders. Bricks on the foundations were quickly laid. With reeds, there were roofings made. To cut down trees was the fencing put up. Anzu, the beam that kills, again, uh, beam that kills is capitalized and it's hyphenated beam that kills. So that's you know the best way they can describe it. From the chariot brought over, a... Speaker that words beams at Ea abode he set up. By evening time, complete was their encampment. For the night therein, the heroes gathered. Ea and Alalu and Anzu, the doings considered, all that was indeed was good. So again, on day sixth, and that was the evening and the morning of day six. On day sixth, he took into account the creatures of the wild similar to the bible so let's get into day seven the sabbath thus in the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished on the seventh day god ended his work which he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done 
Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because it, it, he rested from all the work which God had created and made. Now, I'm sorry, if you want to consider God as a celestial being, and maybe this is just my opinion, again, I'm not speaking for the Freemasons podcast, simply my opinion. Um, if you're a celestial being that's all powerful, why the hell would you need to rest? Just throwing that out there. Uh, people, mortals who are tired from doing all this shit, need to rest. So let's see what Inky did, or, or excuse me, Ea at this point, uh, did on day seven. Uh, on the seventh day, the heroes in the encampment were assembled. To them, Ea spoke these words. A hazardous journey we have undertaken from Nibiru to the seventh planet, a dangerous way we traversed. At Earth, we successfully arrived, much good we attained, an encampment we establish. Let this day be a day of rest, the seventh day hereafter, a day of rest always to be. Let this place henceforth by the name Eridu be called, home in the far away, the meaning thereof will be. Let, be, let a promise be kept. Let Alalu of Iridu, the commander, be declared. The heroes thus assembled, in unison agreements shouted. Words of consent Alalu uttered. Then homage to Ea he greatly paid. Let Ea a second name be given. Nudimud, the artful fashioner, let him be called. In unison, the three the heroes' agreement announced. It was evening, and it was morning of the seventh day. So, Alalu renamed or gave him a second name, which is Nudimud, the artful fashioner. Nudimud. Okay. Uh, so now this is the account of how the searching for gold was began. So we sit here and we're we're. We're now going to be talking about the gold and why they were looking for gold. And it's quite interesting that uh, I find actually here, and I have the Torah actually open in front of me, from Chabad.org, C-H-A-B-A-D.org. And this is the Torah. And let's talk about right after the seventh day and after he supposedly created man and all that stuff, he talks about a river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it was separated and become four heads. The name of one was Pishon, and the one that encompassed all lands of Havalah. Again, I'm not Jewish, so I uh, I suck at this. But it says right here, um, one that encompasses all by land of Havilah, where there is gold, and the gold of that land is good, and there uh, there is the crystal and the onyx stone. So let me ask you a question. Uh, for anybody who's who's listening to this, who why, why are they even bringing why are they even bringing up gold? What why are they bringing it up? What the hell is the importance of gold that they that they felt that they need to throw that into the Torah? And in my personal opinion, uh, it's because that's what the original story was. That's the whole purpose of the seven days of creation were not actually seven days of creation. They were the seven, the first seven days of the Anunnaki coming here. So I find it funny that in the Torah, it talks about gold immediately. So let's continue. Uh, after the encampment of Eridu was established and the heroes with food were uh, satiated, uh, Ea, the task of gold from the waters to obtain 
starting. In the chariot, the fire stones were stirred up. It's great cracker. And again, I just want to point out that the great cracker uh, is capitalized, which means that it's kind of hard to uh, understand exactly what that means. But in the chariot, the fire stones were stirred up. It's great cracker was enlivened. That which water sucks, all capitalized, from the chariot was extended. Into the marshy waters it was inserted. Into a, a vessel of crystals the water was directed. From the waters, the crystal, all that is metal, on the vessel extracted. From the vessel, that which spits out the water to the fish pond spat out. Thus were the metals that were in the waters in the vessels collected. Ingenious was Ea's handiwork, the artful fashioner indeed he was. For six earth days, marsh waters were sucked in and were spat out. In the vessel, metals indeed were collected. The metals on the seventh day by Ea and Alalu were examined of many kinds, the metals in the vessel. Iron there was, much copper there was, of gold there was no abundance. In the chariot, another vessel, the artful handiwork of Ea, I know they use his new name, but the metals after their kinds were separated, ashore, kind by kind, they were carried. For six days thus did the heroes toil. On the seventh day they rested. For six days the crystal vessels filled and emptied. On the seventh day were the metals accounted. There was iron, there was copper, other metals too. Of the gold, the smallest pile was accumulated. In the night times the moon waxed and waned by the name Month did Ea its circuit call. At month's very start, its luminous horn six days signified. By its half-crown, the seventh day it announced a day of rest it was. At midday, at midway, by its fullest, the moon was distinguished, then paused and became diminished. With the sun's course, where the moon was circle, circuit appearing, with earth's circuit its face revealing. Fascinated by the moon's motions was Ea. Its attachment as Kingdu to Ki he contemplated. What purpose did the attachment serve? What heavenly sign was it giving? A month did Ea's, did Ea the moon circuit call. Month to its circuit he gave the name. For one month, for two months, in the chariot were the waters separated. The sixth, the sun, every six months to earth another season gave. So he's giving account of the seasons here. Again, uh, going back to the to the Bible, to the Torah, uh, he also did that. Um, he took an account for the seasons. There was winter, there was summer. By year of earth did Ea the full circuit call. By the years and the accumulation, the accumulated gold account was taken. Much to dispatch to Nibiru there was not. The swamplands waters were deficient. Let the chariot in the deeper ocean be moved, so Ea was saying. From its moorings was the chariot untied. Back whence it came, it was shifted. With great care were the crystal vessels stirred up, the salt waters through them passing. Metals by their kinds were separated. Gold among them was sparkling. From the chariot of the happenings, Ea to Nibiru words did beam. I knew to hear it was pleased indeed. In its destined circuit, Nibiru to the sun abode was returning. So it's on its way back closer into the center of our atmosphere, or to the center of our solar system. 
a closeness to earth on its shar circuit was Nibiru attaining. With eagerness did Anu about the gold inquire. Is there enough for sending to Nibiru, he was asked. Alas, not enough of the gold from the waters collected. Let another shar pass, let the quantity be doubled. Ya to Anu counseled. From the ocean's waters, the obtaining of gold continued, in his heart with appre apprehension was filling. From the chariot's parts were hauled out, a sky chamber for them was assembled. Abgal, he who knows piloting, from the sky chamber to take charge he appointed. Daily in the sky chamber with Abgal did Ea upward soar, the earth and its secrets to learn. For the sky chamber, the enclosure was constructed, by Alalu's chariot, chariot it was placed. Daily the crystals in Alalu's chariot did Ea study, what by their beams were discovered to understand. Whence did the gold come, he asked Alalu, where on earth Tiamat's golden veins? In the sky chamber with Abgal did Ea upward soar, the earth to secrets learn. Over great mountains they roamed, in the valleys the great rivers they saw. Steps and forests below were stretched. Thousands of leagues was their reach. Vast lands, separated by oceans, they then recorded. With the beam that scans the soils, capitalized, they penetrated. On Nibiru, impatience was growing. Can gold protection provide? Was the outcry increasing? Assemble the gold on Nibiru's nearing. Gold you must deliver. So did Anu Ia command. Repair Alalu's chariot for returning to Nibiru. Make it fit for the Shar. Completion, make it ready. So was Anu saying. So he's saying, bring the fucking gold up now. Ea, his father, the king's words was heeding. The repairing of Alalu's chariot he was contemplating. As the sky chamber, one eve by the side of the chariot they landed. With Abgal, the chariot they entered. The secret deed in darkness to perform. The weapons of terror, the seven of them. From the chariot they removed. So they took away his weapons, his weapons of terror. To the sky chamber they took them, inside the sky chamber, them to give hiding. So they hid some, the weapons somewhere. By, by sunrise, Ea with Abgal in the sky chamber soared. To another land was their direction. There, in a secret place, did Ea the weapons hide. In a cave, a place unknown, he stored them. Then to Anzu, Ea words of command gave. To repair Alalu's chariot, he directed. For returning to Nibiru, make it fit. By the Shar's completion, make it ready. Anzu, in the way of the chariots, greatly skilled. To the task, his labor set. He made its thrusters hum again, its tablets he carefully considered. The absence of weapons of terror soon he discovered. With anger, Anzu cried out. Ea of their hiding away gave the explanation. Forsworn is the weapon's use, Ea was saying. Neither in the heavens nor in firm lands should they ever be harnessed. Without them, no passage through the hammer bracelet is safe, Anzu was saying. Without them, uh, without them, without water thrusters, a danger is endurance passing. Alalu of Iridu, the commander of words of Ea, considered. To the words of Anzu, heed he gave. The words of Ea by the council of Nibiru they are attested, Alalu was saying. But without the chariot's return, Nibiru shall be doomed. Abgal, who knows piloting, boldly, boldly toward the leader stepped forward. 
I shall be the pilot, the dangers I shall valiantly face, he was saying. Thus the decision was made, Abgal shall be the pilot, Anzu on earth shall be staying. On Nibiru the stargazer's destinies of the celestial gods contemplated, an opportune day, day they were selecting. Into Alalu's chariot basketfuls of gold were carried. The forepart of the chariot Abgal entered, the commanders he, he occupied. From the chariot of Ea to him Ea a tablet of destiny gave. It shall be that which shows the way for you. By it the opened pathway you shall find. Chariots, firestones, Abgal stirred up. Their hum-like music was enthralling. The chariot's cracker he enlivened. The reddish brilliance it was casting. Ea in Alalu, the multitude of heroes were standing around. Farewell to him they were bidding. Then the chariot with a roar heaven, heaven, heavenward rose to the heavens it ascended. To Nibiru, words of the ascent were beamed. On Nibiru, there was much expecting. And that's the end of the third tablet. Heavy shit. Um, you're, you learned a little bit more about the seven days of creation from the eyes of the Sumerians. And real quick, I'm just going to read the synopsis of what we're going to get into next time, the fourth tablet. The Nibiruans hail even a small gold delivery. Test of gold's use in the atmospheric shield succeed. Additional heroes and new equipment are sent to Earth. Gold extraction from waters continue to disappoint. Ea discovers gold sources that need deep mining in the Abzu. Uh, some would contend that the Abzu is uh, South Africa. And Lil, then Anu, come to Earth for crucial decisions. As the half-brothers quarreled, lots decide the tasks. Ea, um, when they're casting lots, someone talks about they cast lots, they're, they're dividing up the, the, you know, the, the responsibilities. Ea, renamed Enki, which is Earth's master, Enki, two separate words in Sumerian, to combine one name, Ki being Earth, En being master, goes, just like Enlil, he's the commander, master, goes to the Abzu, Enlil stays to develop permanent facilities in the Eden. <laughs> E-D-I-N, E-D-I-N. Uh, as Anu prepares to leave, he is attacked by Alalu. The seven who judge sentence Alalu to exile on Lamu. That's funny, seven who judge? I mean, how many principal officers we got in the Masonic Lodge? Uh, Anu's daughter, Ninma, a medical officer, is sent to Earth. Stopping off at Lamu, Mars, she finds Alalu dead. A rock carved to resemble Alalu's face serves as his tomb. Pretty interesting. We find the face on Mars. Anzu is given command of the way station on Lamu. Interesting. So we're going to get into that next time. Uh, again, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you guys enjoy these, the reading of this. Uh, and again, if you think it's all horseshit, uh, it's totally fine. Um, but you're, you're reading... Sumerian tablets 5,000 years ago, uh, excuse me, 5,000 BC, excuse me, uh, long ass time ago, so, but anyway, for this episode, for this reading of the Lost Book of Enki, I am Right Worship Brother George Mudry, and I'm out. Yeah.